This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. On this episode, Maria is joined by a special panel to discuss mental health awareness. This audio comes from a virtual conference originally recorded on May 7th. Now, here's your host. So my name is Maria Desmondi, and I am the owner of Cardinal Rule Press. We are a publishing company for children. And I thought it would be really neat to get different authors together to talk about their stories, especially this month when we're talking about mental health wellness. Now, boys and girls, part of being healthy, when you think of being healthy, you probably think of exercising your body. That's physical exercise. So that's keeping you know, your body, what you live in healthy. It's keeping your muscles strong and it's drinking water. However, I want you to know another part of being healthy is in our brain. And it's harder to see when we are having um, troubles inside of us. It's harder to determine that. If you break an arm, you clearly have an injury or you are scratched or bitten by a dog. You can see that. But oftentimes when we are feeling upset about something or sad about something, it's a lot harder for us to be able to see that because it's on the inside. And so one of the tools that is truly amazing to be able to help us learn about our mental wellness, about keeping our brain healthy, is children's books. And it's a beautiful way to do that because you can read those books at home, you can read them at school. And so today I have some amazing authors here today to talk about their stories and to talk about the tools, the tools like hope and bravery and love and feelings, connection, worry, anxiety. So let's dig in, let's get some tools so that you can walk away here and you can realize different things that you can do to keep your mental health there. So let's go ahead with some introductions. So authors, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, tell me your name, where you're from. So let's begin with Michelle McAvoy. Michelle. Hello everyone. Thank you, Maria, so much for having me here today. My name is Michelle McAvoy. I am a children's book author. I I was about to show my book, but we'll do that later. I am out of New Jersey and I have four picture books um, published. Fantastic. Joanna Wright, let's go ahead and hear from you. Thank you. Hi there. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Maria, so much for having me. It's great to be here and and see you all. Um, Yeah, my name is Johanna Wright and I am an author and, and children's book illustrator. I live in Portland, Oregon. And um, yeah, I've been I've been making kids books for um, quite a while. I think my first book came out in 2009 and I'm just really happy to be here. Thanks. Thank you. And Tom, go ahead with your introduction. Okay, so yeah, my name is Tom Percival. Uh, I'm an author and illustrator too. Uh, yeah, I live in the United Kingdom in a place called Stroud, which there is zero chance you would have heard of. It's a very small town. Uh, but it's a beautiful place. There's lots of countryside nearby. And when I'm not making books or making music, I love going walking, going running, doing stuff like that. So um, yeah, I like making things and being outdoors. Fantastic. And Julie, I think you might have been logged in twice and that's what we're seeing. So I just- Okay. Yep, so I removed your other one and um, you should be all set now if you'd like to introduce yourself. My name's Julia Cook and I used to be a teacher and then a school counselor. And um, I wrote a book about not tattling too much and that kind of spurred a bunch of other ones on. And so I live in Nebraska 
and I travel the country and do author visits with my dogs. And I think there's 124 social skill books now. So, and about 3 million out there. It's kind of crazy, but it's sure fun. That's what we call making a difference. All of these books being in the hands of individuals. Ebony Glenn, please introduce yourself. Hello, thank you for joining us. Hi, can you hear me now? Yep, there you are. Great. Yes, so my name is Ebony Glenn and I am a children's book illustrator. And I have illustrated quite a few books that there are behind me, like uh, Note for My Court Snow White and um, Speak Up and Brave Ballerina. And um, I live in Atlanta currently. Um, I have a passion for the arts and storytelling and another big passion of mine is um, uh, trying to encourage some self-confidence and self-awareness into everyone, children and adults. Um, it's a really big passion of mine. So really excited to talk today. Excellent, thank you. Yes, and we have so many classrooms tuning in from all over. And um, Sam, Sam Wedleck, if you are in here, I do not see you in the participants, but please go ahead and message me if you're here. She's one of the other panelists and I wanna make sure that we are able to um, hear from you. So next, what we're going to do is each author is going to share one or more of their books and kind of tell us a little bit about the main character and tell us a little bit about what that character experiences in the story. So part of mental health, like I told you, is being able to identify our emotions. And emotions can have a humongous range, boys and girls. So you could be super duper thrilled and excited in one moment. And in the next moment, you could feel really worried and sad about something. And that's normal. That's, that's actually our body's way of, of signaling and saying something's happening here. So emotions are really important because they are um, communicating with our body that something's wrong or something's good or something's scary. And so let's go ahead and um, let's begin with Michelle McAvoy. Tell us a little bit about one of your stories. Great, thank you, Maria. So um, today I'll talk or highlight Cookie and Milk with Cardinal World Press. So Cookie and Milk is about these two little girls, Cookie and Milk, who are absolutely nothing alike, but they are best friends. And, um, and in terms of, you know, how does this help you with your emotions and how does this help you um, with your everyday and how you're feeling? I feel for me um, with my emotions, what keeps me happy, which keeps me positive is that is being connected being connected to people, being connected to friends, being connected to my community. And so for Cookie and Milk, for this book, for, for little ones like you, um, and I'm also a teacher, I'm a reading specialist for uh, grades four through six. So I hang out with you little ones all the time. Um, for you, I think it's important in this book, Cookie and Milk, they're different they celebrate each other. It's not only about tolerating people's differences, it's about celebrating people's differences and finding a way to connect, right? Finding a way to connect maybe with those folks, those kids, those friends in our class, friends in our neighborhood um, that we might not naturally think to connect with, right? And so in terms of like, here's a, here's a spread fear where um, Cookie and Milk were young, right? And here's Cookie, she's Cookie's like screaming, oh, my blocks are all knocked over and here comes the milk, right? Cause she's, she's really into sports and Cookie's really into science. And they just find a way throughout the entire story to have fun together um, and to complement each other. And here's a good spread where you see that, you know, Cookie figured out how to get milk to serve this really big wave. 
So for me, um, and for Cookie and Milk, it's about connecting and connecting with others that you may not naturally think to celebrate and connect with. I love that. And you know what, boys and girls, right now, it's really an important time to keep connections happening, especially with a lot of us still being at home. And it's important for not only kids, but adults who are working from home too. So think of creative ways on how you can reach out to family and friends that you haven't seen in a long time, whether it be through a video chat or a text message or an old fashioned letter. You could write an old fashioned letter and brush up on those writing skills. Julia, we'd love to hear from you about one of your stories. Okay, well, this one is called I'm Stretched and it's about stress. So many people are just so over obligated. Like they have all this stuff to do and not enough time to do it. And our stress level just keeps going up and up. So it talks about good stress and bad stress because there are some stressors out there that are good. Like before you take a test, you kind of get all excited about it and your brain gets all amped up to do your very best. And if you can control that stress, that's a good stress. But then there's bad stresses too that kind of bother us. So this mom, because this daughter goes to her mom and she goes, mom, I'm stretched. She goes, you're stressed? She goes, yes, I'm stressed because I'm stretched. So her mom gives her some tips on how to deal with stress. The first one is to take five deep breaths. When we breathe in deep, our brain gets flooded with oxygen and it just makes us feel so much better and we relax. Then she says you need to get enough sleep because it's really important to get enough sleep so your brain can recharge. And then take time out every day for me time. Me time is like five to 15 minutes of doing whatever you want to do without getting bothered by it. My me time, I go to Starbucks every morning and have a little cup of happy. That just makes me happy. The next one is everybody needs one of these. It's called a human dustpan. When we have a dustpan, we sweep all the dirt into the dustpan and throw it in the garbage can. So a human dustpan is that person that you can talk to. You say anything you want to, and then they just take that information and they just throw it away or they don't repeat it. And, and you get to vent. You get to talk about and get all your stresses from here out of here and they get to reserve it. And then sometimes when we're really stressed out, one of the best ways to feel better about ourselves is to do something nice for somebody. When you do something kind for somebody else, you feel significant and feeling significant. When we look in the mirror, we can go, go me. And that's awesome. And then also get enough exercise because it's really important if you sleep and eat, that's on the eat right and sleep, that's on the inside. Then when you exercise, you get all the goodness to push out through your skin. So exercise is huge. And then there's one more is like, go on a mental vacation. Sometimes you just have to get your brain out of the situation. So you just close your eyes and you think about your favorite place and you take two or three minutes to just kind of imagine being in your very most favorite place. And then there's one more tip. If you write down all the things that stress you out on a piece of paper and then you look at your list and you take another piece of paper and you write a straw circle on it and it has, so the paper's sticking out all over and the circle's in the middle. Then you look at your list and the stresses that you can control, the ones you can do something about, you can write those inside your circle. But the ones you can't control, they have to stay outside of your circle. And then you got to tell yourself, stay in my hula hoop, baby. You know, just focus in on the stuff that you can control. So that's I'm stretched. 
And then there's some tips in the back for teachers and parents too on teaching kids about stress. The whole point is we don't want to solve your problems for you. You might have problems. You want us to wave our wand and solve your problems for you. A really good book writer gives you the wand and have you wave it yourself. So all these books that everybody's written here, they have all these secret recipes for problem solving. And this is like the vehicle to get the problem solving into your head. And then once it's into your head and you take the book away, you have problem solving all the solving skills that you can solve problems from the inside out versus the outside in. You'll be the expert. And it's awesome. Oh, I love that. And you know what? Us grown-ups, we've had a, a lot of years solving problems and we're still practicing problem solving. It, it doesn't come very easily. It's, it takes a lot of practice. Now, boys and girls, I will tell you, I keep muting myself because one of my stress relievers is right next to me. And I'm going to grab that stress reliever. And that stress reliever is chewing a bone and her name is Honey. And so when I'm feeling stressed, I like to pet my dog, Honey, and it's one way that makes me feel better. So think about what can you do, like Julie explained to us, when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed. And sometimes talking to a trusted adult, like she talked about, sometimes that helps because grownups can give you some ideas and tips to try. I'm super excited. We found Sam. Sam is here. So we'll go ahead and go through everyone and we'll have her um, chime in as everyone talks about their book. Johanna, why don't we go ahead and move over to you? Great. Hi again, everyone. Um, that was so fun to learn about your books, Julia and Michelle. I, um, yeah, I'm here today to talk about um, this book that I made. It's called The Magic of Mindset, and it's a journal um, to get unstuck. So it's actually a journal. And I really loved what Julia was just saying about um, having tools and then giving them out so that you get to do your own thing and make your own decisions and, and learn about yourself because you're really the one that has all the answers and they're inside of you. So that's really what this journal is about. Um, it has creative visualizations and journal prompts to really connect you with your own thoughts and feelings and actions and and really take a look at them and in a really compassionate way and have some compassion for yourself. So I'm just gonna show you a few of them today. Um, one of my favorites, my kids, um, I, we'd, we'd use this one a lot because sometimes I'll hear my kids say things about themselves that are kind of like, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but maybe you'll say like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or they feel kind of bad about themselves or they'll say, you know, say something to themselves that maybe they wouldn't even say to anyone else. And it's kind of hard to connect um, and have that compassion for yourself when you're feeling angry at yourself sometimes. So one thing that I like to do is help them think about having compassion for themselves by imagining that they are an animal because they really have a lot of compassion for animals and I bet a lot of you have compassion for animals too. So here's an image, I don't know if you can see it, but it says care for yourself like the magical creature you are. And then the journal prompt is what would you do if you found a sweet animal stuck in deep mud? Describe how you would rescue it and care for it and feel all of the empathy and concern you would have for that animal. So after you kind of write out all the things that you would do to rescue that animal and help it and what you would do after you got it out of the mud, then um, I want you to kind of sit and think, like, can you transfer any of that care and love back to yourself? So that's like a nice um, tool that we I like to use for myself and my kids too for um, when we're kind of feeling 
kind of like just down and hard on ourselves. And there's another example of that here that says, talk to someone, talk to yourself like someone you love. And there's some examples here. Like you could say, it's okay to make mistakes or your feelings matter. I love you. I'm here with you. And the journal prompt is list all of the kind things you need to hear the most. Because sometimes we all just need to hear some kindness and have some compassion for ourselves. Um, and one last one I want to share is just um, when, when I'm feeling a feeling, sometimes the, the feeling, I feel like it's not okay to feel it. Like if it's an angry feeling or a sad feeling or a stressed out feeling. And something that helps me kind of get past that is to make the feeling really big. And that can just kind of help me walk through it without pushing it down, without fighting it, without resisting it, just make it really big. And you might see that it actually doesn't last that long if you really just allow it and make it big for a few minutes and just kind of feel it. So that's what this prompt is about. It says, make your feelings bigger. And the prompt is try growing a feeling you have as big as possible. Focus on the feeling in your body. See if you can grow that feeling to be as big as the town, as big as the country, as big as the universe. Feel the bigness, allow it to take up lots of space. So that's that's the three that I wanted to share today. And um, thanks so much for letting me share. That is fantastic. And panelists, I am not going to make you do this, but we have a lot of classrooms and children here. Um, and I'm going to take a quick brain break. So boys and girls, let's go ahead and get out of our seats. And we are going to build off of what Johanna just talked about. We are going to act like a couple of animals and move our bodies. Okay, so we're going to give our brains a break. So the first animal I would like you to move around as is a snake. So let's go ahead and move around like a snake. Cross the midline of your body. Go ahead and give yourself a little brain break. There you go. So that we can take the rest of the content that the panelists give us and put it right into our brain. Now you are going to be a kangaroo. You're going to go ahead and get your little paws. I think that's what they call them. I'm not sure. And we're going to do a little hop as a kangaroo. Go ahead as big as you can. A big hop. 10 more seconds. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. All right, we're back in our seats and we are going to go ahead and hear from Tom. Tom, go ahead and unmute yourself and tell us. I'm not sure which book you wanna talk about. There are so many fantastic stories. Let's hear from you. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wasn't sure which book to talk about either. Uh, Johanna, by the way, I, I loved, I loved what, everything you were talking about there. Uh, that was that was fantastic and in fact everything everyone's been saying has been really interesting for me it's so it's so nice to connect with people who are making yeah sort of similar books in a way but everyone approaches these things from different angles uh, and that's something that i find really interesting one of the things that I, I might just quickly talk about a couple of the books because one of the things that we've covered here already is this idea of allowing yourself to have feelings and so ravi's raw is a book about anger in which um, there's a, a boy who, who basically gets more and more frustrated. He can't do all the things that his siblings can do. He can't climb on the climbing frame and he's not allowed to go on the big slide. And all of these things get him more and more upset and angry. Uh, and then eventually his, all his siblings get an ice cream and he doesn't. And the result of that is that he turns into a tiger and he gets really angry and he roars. Um, and 
obviously anger is one of these things that people think of as being a bad emotion like oh you shouldn't feel anger anger is a negative emotion um and it's not true because yeah, we, as we've said already, we, we, all, we need all of these emotions. You need to feel anger because there are times when it's important to feel anger. If you are being, you know, if you're in a situation that is unfair, that is unjust, you need to, sometimes the anger is what enables you to confront the problem and deal with the situation. Obviously, when I say that, we can't always turn into a tiger all the time and that's not helpful. And so in Ravi's Raw, he turns into a tiger, which is unhelpful because his anger means that he's not thinking about how to deal with anything. He's just lashing out at everyone. But anger in itself is a useful emotion as are all of our emotions because they help to guide us through life in a hopefully pleasing way. If you, if you, feel, a, if you feel emotion that people call a bad emotion, you're able to change the situation that you're in to hopefully improve that situation. So that was just a little point I wanted to touch on. Um, so Tilda Tries Again is the book that I would like to talk about mainly. And it's a story, it's coming out this year, so it's not actually out yet. Um, but it just, I just, I feel like it's different to the, I was gonna talk about a different book, but it's already sort of been covered that idea. So in Tilda Tries Again, it's a story about a young girl who's just totally happy and everything is awesome and just as she likes it. And there's all these uh, lovely rainbows sort of flying around the place. Um, and then one day without any warning, the world turns upside down. And so all of the things that were um, normal for her are now completely different. So I don't know if you can see on those pictures, everything is topsy-turvy, nothing's how it's meant to be. When she tries to have her breakfast cereal in the morning, it flies up in the air out of the bowl. Um, and I actually, I had the idea for this book during lockdown because obviously everything had turned upside down. And you know, so my kids were struggling and I was struggling. And so it's a story that explores, you know, what do we do when the world changes? And I've kept it very broad because the world can change for all sorts of different people in all sorts of different ways. So it's not actually about lockdown per se, but that was the situation that inspired it. Um, so yeah, so basically she tries to make sense of this world where everything's kind of wrong, but she just can't, it feels too difficult and eventually she gives up and just decides to do nothing and she shuts herself away all on her own. When, well I won't do like, I won't give spoilers, uh, but there is a, uh, she is inspired to essentially try again when, um, when she sees, uh, yeah, she sees something in nature that inspires her to try again. And it makes her think maybe she can do some of these things and it's not gonna be how it was. And some things she has to think about, she has to think creatively. So she loves playing with her, with her blocks, but now they're all going from the ceiling. So she still tries to make something with the blocks, but they go up on the ceiling and she does all this stuff. She works out that she can still ride her scooter, but she has to ride it along the fence instead of along the pavement. And everything's, everything's still all topsy-turvy, but the more that she does everything, the more that she tries, the less topsy-turvy everything feels. And then in the end, uh, she gets to this place where the world is different, but she, is a, she has tried and she has broken through that feeling of it being impossible. And it never goes back to being how it was before, but she feels she can cope with her new world. And the more she feels she can cope, the more normal everything feels so that's what that story is about um i cannot wait for that story and two things that you brought up 
in your description really hit home for me. And I think it will for the children listening and the teachers and the parents. Number one is that you were talking about your feelings during everything when the world kind of changed your, your children's feelings and your feelings. So I think it's important children to remind you that not only do kids have feelings, but adults have feelings too. And we don't always know the right answer on what to do. The second thing that really um, was, was kind of an aha moment for me was that uh, in, in your story, the character is a problem solver. So at first she said nothing, I'm gonna do nothing. And then she started to see that she could make things work, but it was just gonna look different. And that's what we're all learning in the last year. We're learning that things aren't the same, but it can still be okay. We just have to figure out how to make it work. Cannot wait. When did you say the story is coming out? Well, in the UK, it's out in, oh, in like two months, but I'm not sure in the US. It might okay. be, I think, I think there's like a bit of a delay. It might okay. be like September. Thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate that. Now, Ebony, you are joining us today and you're, I, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit, um, you do illustrations. I was wondering mm -hmm. if you could talk a little bit about um, how you get the emotions into your characters while illustrating. Kind of talk a little bit about the artwork as far as it relates to emotions and mental wellness. Yes, I would love to. And by the way, everyone has such great books. I think I have a bunch of new books to add to my wish list. <laughs> So, but I do want to talk about a lot of the books that I have, um, like Red Shoes and Speak Up and Not Quite Snow White. My job as an illustrator is to make you, the reader, understand what it feels like to be these characters. So I have to think a lot about, well, how do I feel? How would I put myself in this situation if I was in this story or if I was going through the things that they were going through? So... For example, in Red Shoes, one of the things I love about this book is it talks about a little girl who is just in love with her red shoes. You see them? Little red shoes. And she outgrows them, unfortunately. And her grandmother decides, hey, well, let's um, donate them or send them to a, a thrift shop. And a little girl in Africa gets a chance to wear these favorite shoes and they become her favorite shoes. And one thing I love so much about this story is it talks about the connectedness of everything and how uh, the things that can matter to us can matter to someone else, how um, somebody across the world can have the same interests and same um, feelings that you do. Even though we're, I don't know, literally a world and an ocean apart, we really are connected in so many ways. So I think this is you know, an example of, um, this is a page, a show, where she's, her uh, grandmother and her finally take the shoes to the shop and, Someone sees it in the in the window and they're about to get them for her little niece. Um, so I love this story for that because I had a chance to think about how cool would it be to show the connectedness of this, to show the similarities between these two characters and these two very little different girls who live in different parts of the world and show how similar they are. So another story I want to share is Speak Up. Um, this one, uh, I have to this interrupt. I have to interrupt and tell you yeah. this is one of my favorites. This is such sure. a beautiful book. So teachers out there, I mean, all of these stories, but this one is when we talk. It's just so great for teaching children to to. I'm going to let you talk. I just got really excited. <laughs> Sorry, Ebony. Oh no, no, no! I'm I'm happy that you're excited. I'm excited about it too. This is a oh god. This is such a great book that talks about emotions. It talks about empathy. Um, 
your resilience, standing up for yourself, standing up for others, feeling including, feeling included, feeling, letting other people feel included, tolerating your differences, tolerating yourself, um, and thinking about other people, uh, developing a healthy curiosity about yourself and others, and just overall speaking up. And uh, this is, this is, Every book that I have has a special place in my heart, but um, this one was a lot of fun because as an illustrator, my job is to show the little ways that we can do that, the little ways that we can speak up for ourselves, the way we can speak up for other people, and how we can relate to just going to school. So I think nearly every page I have can give you an example. Like this is a, it talks about different ways that you can speak up or make a new friend, um, especially when you're sitting on the bus or even as an adult, if you want to make a new friend, how we can include the people around us who look different or the people who, you know, um, we think they may be different, but they're really not. They're just like us. And it talks about when you're, you know, in class and somebody can say your name wrong, which I know has happened to me. And um, how you may not feel like you want to correct someone or you want to rock the boat or anything but it shows how hey we can speak up and it's going to be okay and have you know other people support us on our you know ability to want to feel included and to want to be accepted for who we are um there's so much little things too like uh, this for example shows a little boy who um he's playing soccer and unfortunately he gets some dirt on his bottom <laughs> And instead, some of the kids may choose to make fun of him, but some of them say, hey, it's okay, you know? Um, you can speak up and you can change your view as you yeah, state the facts and it can change your view. So that's not anything else, it's just dirt. It's not that bad. <laughs> so uh, there are so many great examples in this book and it talks about other people, some great people who also spoke up and have made a difference for the lives of themselves and for the lives of their others and for future generations and Again, it's a great book. I'm not gonna, yeah, I could talk about this all day, but um, I'll give one more. And uh, another book that um, I think does a great job of sharing how it feels to be in someone else's shoes and how it feels to maybe walk in the shoes of someone um, in an experience that you may never experience yourself is not quite Snow White. And it speaks about a little girl who loves to sing and dance. She loves to be pretty much in theater and she really wants to be Snow White in her school play. But unfortunately, some of her peers think that she may not be the right fit because she doesn't look like how Snow, looks, Snow White looks. But she doesn't give up. She doesn't um, let that deter her. I want to show a cool picture of, uh, yeah. So how excited that she is that she gets a chance to go to school and, you know, for her school play. But some of her peers, you know, may not think that she's just the right fit. You know, it brings her down. Um, it makes her sad. And I show some pictures of what that feels like when somebody really is excited to do something and they want to express themselves and they want to be themselves. But unfortunately, you know, we can have others bring us down. And how we see that in her body language, we can see it for the rest of her day. She's no longer as happy and excited. And how at least she's not alone. There are some, some students who may notice that she's not acting like herself. And she goes home and her parents notice that she's not her bubbly, happy self either. And they let her know that, you know what, you are just all the right stuff. That you are capable of doing and being anything that you want to be. And so the story talks a little bit about how she's able to overcome that, how she's able to overcome her fears 
and do what she thinks that she wants to do and shine just as great as all the other students. So I won't give away what happens at the end, but um, it's a great story that I can tell that we're all capable of doing and being anything that we want to be. And we can allow others to do the same. So First thank you for being share. You're welcome, Ebony. <laughs> Perseverance, it sounds like she didn't give up. And something else I'd like to highlight is that um, the her peers, when they noticed that she wasn't acting like herself, they said something, they spoke up. So friends listening, if you notice that one of your friends isn't acting like themselves, it's okay to ask them if everything's okay, or maybe even go to a trusted adult and tell that trusted adult. Sam, we would love to hear from you. Um, we wanna know, kind of do an introduction and tell us about one of your stories and what type of um, trait of mental wellness that it may teach children. And boys and girls and classroom teachers, now would be a great time to think about your questions um, because we're running out of time. And so you can go ahead and message me your questions. So after Sam does her introduction and tells us about her book, we will answer some questions from the audience. Yay, I will be swift. So hi, I am Sam Wedlick. I am the author and illustrator of two Chicken Little books. So if you're not familiar, I'm pretty sure most people might be. Chicken Little is a folktale. Um, and so I've taken that folktale and modernized it. Um, and the thing, my favorite thing, I'll, I'll try to share quickly about it, is that on the very first page, we have Chicken Little and she says, who are you calling little? So she starts out with this huge amount of confidence, how she's not little and she's not afraid of anything. And then she gets a bonk on the head and from a mysterious object. And guess what? What was that? <laughs> she's totally scared and totally afraid. And she hides, she runs away. And then she wants to know if the coast is clear. Is anything dangerous? She looks low, she looks high, nothing. And she uses a lot of self-talk to, to try to calm herself down. There must be a reasonable explanation. It's not like the sky is falling, that's ridiculous. Or is it? And I also don't wanna spoil Chicken Little for anyone, um, but in this retelling, it's really, I, I sort of stripped away all the other farm animals and all the other characters that have appeared in other versions of the story to really focus on Chicken Little and her emotional journey. Um, so just like all of us, we can feel confident in one moment and then something new and unexpected occurs and we can feel afraid. And then what do we do with those feelings? And I hope that the story of Chicken Little is an inspiring model for stopping, pausing, investigating, feeling those feelings and exploring what's going on. And then she gets really curious and she actually, I will show you one other thing. Um, she gets really curious about what could have happened. So she decides to talk to the sky. Hey sky, are you falling? And she, she starts to get a little investigative. And then later on when the other chickens misunderstand what's going on and they begin to panic and scream that the sky is falling and the whole barnyard erupts into chaos, she's able to use some of the skills that she's been practicing to try to help everyone calm down um, and recenter themselves. Um, so that's sort of the, 
those emotional topics that my chicken little character deals with in the retelling of the classic folktale. Um, and the moral of the story is the same. Don't believe everything you hear. Um, but I do think it's important to feel everything that you feel. Um, and then I want to share one other thing quickly before questions is something I've made that isn't a book that's coming out um, next month on June 8th, and it's called the You Got This Deck. And it's 52 pocket-sized pep talks, um, and I'll share a few. They're just little cards. They have a back that says, you got this. And on the front, um, there's all these different topics. So we have self-compassion. May I be kind to myself? May I accept myself as I am? You can do hard things by breaking them down into smaller, easier things. Um, you are not only this moment. Here's a permission slip to feel all your feelings, whatever they are. Um, here's a reminder to soften all these different parts of your face. Sometimes when I have big feelings, I find that my jaw gets kind of tight and I might need a reminder to soften. And you deserve love, joy, and every good thing. So they're just fun little inspirational cards. Um, and there's 52. It comes with a little pull-out poster. Um, but yeah, so that's the You Got This deck. Um, and I wanted to share that. So, that is so thank you. And, and Sam, can you show us your chicken little behind you? That is adorable. Yes, my special guest. <laughs> this is Chicken um, in her cowgirl boots. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Um, one you. of the questions that we've had is for the panelists, can someone answer the question, are any of your stories based on something that happened to you as a child, that you were inspired um, of a situation and then that's why you created the story that you did? Michelle. Um, this was a book I didn't share earlier. This is The Gorilla Picked Me. This is about self-acceptance and self-esteem. And this is 100% inspired by something that happened when I was a little girl. Um, little Olive um, felt very ordinary. And um, until she was picked to dance by the dancing, at a dance by the dancing gorilla. And in that moment, she realized that she wasn't ordinary. She was in fact extraordinary because little Olive was quiet and shy and she didn't always stand out like the other girls. And this was inspired directly by something that happened when I was a little girl. I was, um, I felt ordinary. I, I wasn't always picked to do things. I wasn't always, I didn't always stand out. Um, and I was quiet and I was at a brownie dance. I was a brownie and I was at a dance and my, my dad said, I'll be right back. I'll be right back, Michelle. And he left the dance and I was there all by myself. I was like, oh my goodness, where are you going? And then a gorilla, somebody came out in a big gorilla costume and danced around. And he, that gorilla picked me up and swung me around out of all the other girls in the school. And I thought, oh my goodness, he picked me. And I was elated. And I remember to this day how I felt um, as a little girl getting picked from the crowd. And I never knew who was in that costume. When the gorilla left, daddy came back. And um, I never knew who was in that costume, but yeah. Oh, thank you so much. That's beautiful. We have another question and um, Tress is wondering why add emotions to the story? Why are, why are all of these books including emotions and big emotions? Oh, it's a tricky one. I have you stumped. Go ahead, Tom. I think, yeah, personally, my feeling is that, that Emotions, emotions are everything. Yeah, how you feel is reality. That that is what your world is. So yeah, you, you know you can have stories about events and action and drama and all of these things, but 
those things mean nothing and you know without the emotions that they evoke in you and that they stir in you and so my personal feeling is that you know it's taken I'm, I'm like 43 now and it's taken me a long time to get a grip on my emotions and to understand how I feel and and I still don't get it right as you were saying earlier we get it wrong all the time in fact Ruby's worries the basic message of that is talk to someone about how you're feeling the other I wrote that book and last week I spent about four days in the really foul moods just bottling up everything that I was feeling inside until I eventually like blurted it all out to my girlfriend and then felt loads better and it's like and I wrote that book so I should really I should have taken the message on board by now but I just think it's really important to have books like this and and, and that deck as well that deck is brilliant Sam I love that idea I'm definitely going to look at trying to get that for my kids but we we do need to understand how we feel so that because we're going to come across situations that are less than perfect and we need to be, we need to understand how to cope with them how to deal with them and how to move forward to our lives happily so that's why I think it's important. And if you can put if you can put if you can put emotions into a story, and a kid does something in the book to deal with those emotions, then the kid reading the book can do the exact same thing. So they're like recipes on how to deal with stuff. And absolutely enamored by everyone on this panel. Like I love you guys. We're like. <laughs> Related. Thank you for, wow, this is yeah. so much fun. We love you back. Thank you, Julia. And I have to tell you, I'm getting a lot of positive messages from teachers and from parents just saying that they love the energy and the effort that as creative individuals you are making to make a difference in the world of, um, of all the children out there. And so without further ado, I just want to thank Michelle and Julia and Tom and Ebony. And I think did, it did, um, let me see. I see Sam. Oh, Jahana. Yep, I see you. Thank you so much for your time today. And this is a topic near and dear to my heart. I think it's important that we continue on this journey to remind children that they are awesome by who they are. They don't have to hide who they are. They can feel their feelings. They can explore their feelings. And if they are having a hard day, they can go to a trusted adult to get help. Remember boys and girls, at the very beginning, I started telling you about physical wellness is when we're taking care of our muscles and we're drinking our water, but mental wellness is inside our brain. It's harder to see and it's just as important as our physical health. And so to take care of the thoughts in your brain is just as important. So I wish you well today, boys and girls. Thank you so much to the panelists. I, I just, I thank you so much for this. Bye everyone. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.